other one. A little TV, a little NFL, a little NBA, a little UFC. So it's not going to be a long, um, what I call intro. We can get right into the show. I appreciate you being here. Once again, this is Strange Talk with Doc. You're welcome to subscribe, to share, to comment, to like, to dislike. Whatever you feel like doing is great with me. I just appreciate you listening in today. So we're going to start off with this. Jennifer Crumbly became the first parent in the United States to be found guilty of involuntary manslaughter on Tuesday, February the 6th, for the mass shooting committed by her teenage son, Ethan Crumbly. Now, the father also has to appear in court on trial for the same charges as the mother. This is a step forward in responsibility coming down to the parents. If they had anything to do with obtaining the weapon that's used in a mass shooting, if they had any clue that their child was giving them hints or actually discussing this in the home and these type of things were blown off, oh, that's my baby. He's not, he's just talking nonsense. There's no more, that's my baby. He's just talking nonsense. You got to act. You got to be proactive in these situations. Get them the help that they need so that they do not harm innocent people. Now, I don't know what kind of time Jennifer's looking at. I don't know what kind of time the husband's looking at. But uh, since the mother has been convicted, I think it would behoove the father to probably take a plea deal if there's one on the table, unless he wants to really gamble and take a chance and uh, lose his freedoms, his liberties, because life was lost. And Ethan did this crime. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. But some of this responsibility does have to fall to the parents. You have to know who you are, and you have to know how your weapons are being stored in your own home. You have a responsibility as a gun owner to make sure that things are taken care of in a manner, a proper manner, where kids can't get to them. If you have a kid that's mentally ill or suffering from some kind of depression and you're ignoring them, it's on you. The parent, the onus is on the parent. And I appreciate this court. I appreciate this jury for coming down with this decision. Yesterday, Joel Osteen's church, his mega church in Houston, had a woman in a trench coat open fire. Uh, She's now dead. Uh, A five-year-old was also critically injured in the shooting. I don't know. I've never been to a Joe Osteen church. I've never been to what you would call a mega church. But I think that we have reached a point in time in our society where if they are not there, they need to be there. Metal detectors need to be, and it's a sad state of affairs to say this, metal detectors need to be at the front door of churches, temples, mosques. We can no longer go with this idea that this is some good Christian walking through the door. You don't know what the person's mental state is. And I'm hoping that Joe Osteen is not only paying for private security for himself around that pulpit, but he's also paying for private security at those front doors, those side doors. And I'm not just calling out Joe Osteen. I'm calling out all mega churches. 
This idea that you could just pray that somebody won't come in and do dastardly evil things is ridiculous because people are going to do it. This ain't the first time. This won't be the last time. Uh, tragedy was averted. Uh, and this is a fortunate situation that tragedy, uh, more tragedy, this could have been horrible. I don't know how many weapons she had. I don't know how much she was really into doing what she was doing, why she brought her child. There's a lot of questions and a lot of layers to this onion that need to be peeled. But you know what? Like I said, this could have been so much worse. I mean, it's a damn shame that we have to have children go through metal detectors. But we need metal detectors almost everywhere now because that's the society we live in. We cannot trust. We cannot trust that people got up this this morning and want to do the correct things. We have to think that they, maybe they, somebody had a bad day, a bad weekend, a bad month, having a bad year, having a bad life, and they want to take it out on the innocence. And we have to do everything that we can to protect those who need protection the most, who cannot retaliate who cannot defend themselves that's the elderly youth hospitals schools churches etc a federal court ruled that president trump does not have immunity from charges that he plotted to overturn the 2020 election this court this federal court judge did the right thing trump should not be immune we cannot have anybody sitting in the White House who feels that they are immune from, excuse me, prosecution, because then that opens the door to a person doing anything that they want with no consequences. We can't have anybody who cannot suffer consequences. I mean, you take an oath, and that oath is that you're going to uphold certain standards, criminally, morally and responsibly and we cannot have somebody sitting in orders who feels that if i have a, a rival i can have them killed because i have immunity i have a rival i can have them destroyed because i have immunity i can do whatever i want i don't have to leave office if i don't want because i'm immune and we shall see how this turns out after that so wednesday is a uh, valentine's day people Wednesday's Valentine's Day. Are you prepared? Have you went out there and brought your trinkets? Have you prepared for your meals? Because I'm going to tell you now, Wednesday, that same restaurant that you would go to on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, is going to be three times the meal on Wednesday. Those roses are going to be three to four times the price on Wednesday. Don't be a fraud and a phony. Don't go out and get engaged on Wednesday. Do it today, do it Friday, do it Saturday, but don't do it on Valentine's Day. Don't be just one of gazillion people who picked this fraudulent ass day to go out and say, well, you know, this is a great day to get engaged because you want to, you want some points for remembering your engagement day. Most of us men are not going to remember our engagement day. That's not what we do. And when you do it on a birthday, when you do it on Christmas, when you do it on New Year's, or any of the major holidays, you're cheating so that you can get these points down the line. Hey, baby, I remember the day we got engaged. She's more concerned about her wedding anniversary, not the day she got engaged. 
that's just I just wanted to put that out there. So because the NFL is over and, you know, we're just going to have this USFL come up soon. There's no baseball. We only got basketball. TV has started to return. At least it has returned to me. Abbott Elementary Season 3, the first episode was very good. There were some changes to the staff, not the characters in the show, but a character moved around. I don't know if this character is going to come back to the school or how they're going to do this, but it's going to be interesting to see. This was what I would call a very long episode. It was it seemed like it was an hour episode to kick it off the season. You got all three Law & Orders out there. Uh, SUV is taking a wicked turn to the left that I don't like. Olivia Benson's character is out of control. I mean, she's doing things that she shouldn't be doing. Uh, it seems like she's trying to chase an Emmy. I don't believe she's going to get one. She's not that great an actress. I do like uh, organized crime and uh, the OG Law and & Order. And I held on to a bunch of programs. Like, I have not watched Power with Tommy. I have not watched uh, Bass Reeves. I have not watched Fargo yet, but I have them all on hold. But I did start off with Power Book 3, Canaan, Raising Canaan. And this season seems to revolve a lot around, around Unique's older brother, Ronnie. Uh, Ronnie is a creep, okay? Let's, let's put that out there right now. Ronnie is what I would call a creepy dude in the neighborhood. I don't think people would stand for him, especially back in the days. There was no just one guy running around like he was a posse of one. And this we're talking the 80s and 90s. We're talking a heavy drug crews. No one person could stand up against a crew. So I want to see how the story turns out. Uh, there was a confrontation between the two brothers and it didn't end well. Then you got Raj and her, her brothers. Uh, Marvin and uh, damn I can't think of the other brother who's over drinking so there's a lot going on Kanan and his mother not getting along Kanan's still hanging out with Famous that's his homeboy and before I forget Curb Your Enthusiasm has also returned for his final season Larry Davis character is getting into the same type of shenanigans that he was getting into before arguing for no reason if you like that kind of thing i mean where it's just non-stop bickering and sometimes you forget what they even bickering about then this is the show for you so going back to law and order sam waterson is exiting the show after more than 400 episodes his last episode is going to be on thursday february the 22nd now, Sam Waterson plays District Attorney Jack McCoy. He used to be uh, ADA Jack McCoy back in the days. He's the older man now, so he's taken over the lead uh, district attorney. I think it's time for him to bail out. Uh, he sounds old. He doesn't seem to be really in it. His character doesn't really add much to Law & Order anymore, so... We'll see how they let him go out because they usually don't let these characters leave Law & Order. Well, when you leave Law & Order, you usually leave under some kind of controversy. Your character gets killed. 
or your character gets involved in some kind of shenanigans that it forces you out the door. But let's see if they respect him enough to let him leave uh, standing, walking tall. We have the Hall of Fame class of 2024 announced. Dwight Freeney from the Colts, always with his Yankee hat, very good player. Andre Johnson from the Texans, wide receiver. Randy Gratishaw from the Denver Broncos. Patrick Willis from the San Francisco 49ers. Steve Mongo McMichaels. You know him not only from the Chicago Bears 1985 team, but he was Mongo, one of the four horsemen in the WCW. Devin Hester, a beast of a receiver, uh, return man. Uh, this dude, the only one who ever did it better than him was Deion Sanders. And Julius Peppers. Julius Peppers, Mr. North Carolina basketball and football, played for the Carolina Panthers. He also played, I believe, for the Chicago Bears, as did Devin Hester uh, and Steve McMichael. So they were highly represented in this class. This past week, we had the NFL honors. Lamar Jackson won his second MVP. Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson won his second MVP. He has to now see what he could do about turning this. We know that he's an elite player. But now winning some elite games for Baltimore when it matters most in the playoffs. San Francisco running back. Christian McCaffrey won an offensive player of the year. I was kind of shocked that he beat out Tyreek Hill, but he had an outstanding season. He led the league in rushing. Cleveland Browns defensive end Miles Garrett won the defensive player of the year. A lot of people thought he should go to T.J. Watt. But you know what? I don't really know what to say about that. I think they're both outstanding players. Their game changes. They uh, wreck havoc. So it's well-deserved by Miles Garrett. Houston Titans quarterback C.J. Stroud won the offensive rookie of the year. There was nobody else who could have won this award or should have won this award. Puka, a strong second, but he's not outdoing a quarterback who turned around a whole franchise. And his teammate, Houston Texan defensive end Willie Anderson Jr. won the defensive rookie of the year. This makes back-to-back seasons where both the offensive and defensive rookies of the year came from the same team. Last year was the New York Jets with Garrett Wilson and Source Gardner. And the Cleveland Browns head coach, Kevin Skanansky, won the coach of the year. He also won this award in 2020 with the same franchise. I guess a lot of people, I don't understand why people would think that Cleveland was going to be bad. They had Watson for the beginning of the season. They had a good style defense. Nick Chubb was healthy. Uh, I thought that they were going to have a good season to begin with and be a playoff team. I thought D'Amico Ryan should have won coach of the year without a doubt. Running back, I mean, quarterback Joe Flacco for the Cleveland Browns won the comeback play of the year. Okay, I thought about it over the long haul. Did Joe Flacco deserve this? Yes, he did. Because not only did he win the five games, well, start five games, he took them to the playoffs. He kept the momentum alive 
when this season could have fell completely apart for the Cleveland Browns, and he did not allow that to happen. Now, I know a lot of people said Hamlin should have won it because this man was on the door of death. But because he played so sparingly, uh, he already won every award that you could think of. He won the award of being alive, being able to appreciate and smell the flowers. So Hamlin's a winner regardless of if he gets a trinket or not. Cleveland Browns defensive coordinator Jim Swartz won the assistant coach of the year. So it was heavy on the Houston Texans and the Cleveland Browns this year and the Chicago Bears. They all got to shine. Uh, I thought that maybe uh, the assistant coach for the Kansas City Chiefs defense, uh, his name is uh, Spagnola. He should have probably won the assistant coach of the year because the Chiefs defense were beasts. And as we know, the final tally, the Chiefs are the Super Bowl champs. The San Francisco 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey won the year and ground players of the year, respectively. Dallas Cowboys uh, wide receiver C.D. Lamb won the moment of the year for the 92-yard touchdown versus the Detroit Lions. That was spectacular. Tommy DeVito from the New York Giants, the quarterback, won the celebration of the year for that Italian hand gesture. Pittsburgh Steelers defensive tackle Cameron Haywood won the Walter Payton Man of the Year. This was his sixth time being nominated, and he finally got it. Uh, that's a great honor to be able to put that Walter Payton patch on your jersey for the rest of your career. So congratulations to him. New England Patriots long snapper Joe Cardina won the Salute to Service Award. And a man named Tom Grassi, a Green Bay Packer fan, won Fan of the Year. I didn't even know they gave out Fan of the Year awards, but good for him. Now, the Chiefs quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, won his third career Super Bowl MVP in Super Bowl 58 in an overtime 25-22 Chiefs win over the 49ers. He hit Nicole Hartman with a three-yard pass as time was basically running out in the first overtime. Was this a great game? No, nobody really shined. I think the people who shined the most were the defense. Uh, Kyle Shanahan uh, did not seem to have an offensive play that could get a good burst of yards at any period during this game. He could not figure out what uh, Spagnola's defense was doing, so he could never get these big chunk yards. Christian McCaffrey took a physical beating. Uh, it seemed like a lot of the 49ers took physical beatings. They lost Greenlaw early in the game to a non-contact injury. It wasn't like the Chiefs had a lot of long uh plays themselves i mean there was a 52 yard pass early in the second quarter uh also they were just consistent they played tough pacheco ran hard uh the fourth quarter they allowed patrick mahomes 
this defense to get too many scrambles. He kept uh, the plays going. There was a big block of a extra point. This dude hadn't missed an extra point all year, and this block, and this threw things off. At one point, they could have had the Chiefs where they needed a touchdown as opposed to a field goal. And that could have been a big difference. I mean, it wasn't a lot of what I would call major drops. Uh, There wasn't a lot of uh, pass interference penalties that really affected anything. There were a couple of fumbles. Christian fumbled. Pacheco fumbled. It was a quality game. It was an entertaining game. But Andy Reid showed that he was elite and that Kyle Shanahan is not on his level. This man had two weeks to come up with some kind of play that he could at least get kiddos going over the middle and get these eight-yard chunks to help move the ball down the field because San Francisco was ahead in this game, not by a lot, but enough, three points here and there for most of the game. Most of the game, but he could never make that three turn into 10 points. A 10-point lead would have been huge for them at any point, maybe to even just kill a momentum that a team like the Chiefs have because the Chiefs are never going to give up. They're going to grind it out. They're going to fight. This was a different kind of Chiefs team that you normally see. It wasn't a high-octane offense. This was a grinding team. This was a tough team. This was a team whose DBs are playing in, were playing elite. I mean, you know, Debo didn't get much separation. They only used a nuke here and there. They barely used Kittles at all. I mean, I'm, I was left more confused by San Francisco's offense than anything. And you know what? Like I said, I have to tip my hat to Spagnola and Andy Reid and that defense for coming and showing up and showing out. Okay, so halftime, you had Usher. Was it the greatest halftime of all time? Don't get caught up in the moment. Don't be a, 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 a prisoner of the moment. It was not. It was a decent halftime. Usher broke out the hits. Alicia Keys was a little off when she started singing. Little John and uh, Luda came out. That was all right. Jermaine Dupree was out there looking like CeeLo Green, dressed as some kind of little boy or Oopa Loopa. He also had uh, her come out there for a little while. I didn't. I don't know the link between her and Usher, but she was playing the guitars. I guess this allowed him to do a outfit change where he came out on some skates. I didn't know the dude skated so well, but that's neither here or there. Was it an entertaining halftime? Sure was entertaining. Usher's got hits after hits after hits, so it was good to see. I didn't even notice Will I Am. I heard he was there. I watched the halftime performance, but I did not notice Will I Am. I guess people's looks change so much over time, you can't really tell. Like I said, this was a good ending to a football season. We'll see what the NFL does next year as far as halftime performances. We had J-Lo and Shakira the year before, I believe. I mean, are they going to want to go more uh, country or ballad, or are they going to want to stay more hip-hop? Hold on. We also had 50 Cent and Dr. Dre and 
people like that, I believe that might have been last year. I might be confusing the, the J Lo year with the uh, Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre year. Forgive me for that, but it was over a year ago. Like I said, I appreciate everything. I thought the game was well taken care of. There was no big controversies. You know what? Screw yourself with this is rigged. This is football. It'd be one of the hardest things to rig. So I'm not buying into that uh, conspiracy. I think that's total garbage. Uh, This was Vegas, so it seemed like everybody had a ball. You could, you know, not only enjoy yourself with the game, but you can enjoy yourself with the surroundings, the festivities, the food, the gambling, the entertainment. I mean, I wish I could have been there. I think it would have been a great time to have been in Vegas. And this is from a person that's been to Vegas about 30 times, but I've never been for any kind of phenomenon like this. So, but I have no jealousy in my heart. I, I appreciate that the fact that these people seem to enjoy themselves and that there was no tragedies. People thought that they could not contain themselves. Athletes, young, rich men going to Vegas without arrest and controversies and as far as i know there was no controversy there was no major arrest all the football players showed up and did their jobs uh so you know what stop wishing if you wish the worst for people and you don't get it shame on you for doing so don't look for everything to be a tim tmz uh a daily mail uh lipstick alley moment sometimes people can just be decent people and go about their life and just have fun. UFC had a card this week and Jack Hermanson took on John Pfeiffer and uh, Jack Hermanson actually beat Pfeiffer by unanimous decision. I didn't really get into this card because I did not care too much. UFC has really not held my attention to start off 2024. So I left this card alone. I just wanted to let you know. Now, the card that's coming up this weekend, I'm into. You got Alexander Vokolowski taking on Ila Tuparia for the featherweight championship. You got Robert Whitaker taking on Paulo Costa. I will believe this fight happens when I see this fight happens because something always happens with Costa and something always happens with Whitaker. By Thursday, one of these two dudes could be out. So we don't know. You also got Ian Machado Gary taking on Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal's a beast. Gary's a great fighter. And we got Mirage Delavicious taking on Henry Cejudo. We haven't seen Cejudo in a minute. I want to see what Cejudo looks like. Anthony Hernandez is fighting, but nobody has been determined to be his opponent as of yet. Amanda Lemos is taking on Mackenzie Derns. That should be all right. Marcos Virgilio De Lima is taking on Justin Taffa. Uh, I don't expect one of them to survive this heavyweight clash. Yang Ming Yi is taking on Brinson Rebilio. Uh, you got Yushaka Kinsanaska taking on Danny Barlow. And you got Miranda Maverick taking on Andrea Lee. Like I said, this should be a pretty good card. I look forward to this card. This one I will be watching no matter what, especially since there is no more NFL. 
So the Raptors forward, Scotty Burns and Atlanta Hawks guard, Trey Young, who I thought deserved it, they both have been named as injury replacements by Adam Silver in the Eastern Conference, and they'll be taking the place of 76ers center Joel Embiid and New York Knicks forward Julius Randle. Now I'm going to give you what I call the games of the week in the NBA. Today, we got San Antonio taking on the Raptors, Denver going up against Milwaukee, Golden State versus the Jazz, Minnesota Timberwolves are taking on the Clippers. Tuesday, you got Boston versus Brooklyn, Miami versus the Bucks, the Kings versus the Suns. Wednesday, you got Brooklyn versus Boston. Again, first one was in Brooklyn, the second one is in Boston. Then you got San Antonio taking on the Mavs. You got the Kings going up against the champion Nuggets. You got the Lakers going into Utah to play the Jazz. You got the Clippers going into Golden State to play uh, the, the Warriors. Thursday, you got Golden State going into Utah to play the Jazz. Then Friday, we kick off All-Star Weekend. You got the 2024 All-Star Celebrity Game on Friday. I'll be leaving that alone. I'm not a big fan of Stephen A. Smith. I don't want to see him do anything. I don't want to have to see his face. I don't want to have to hear his voice. You also have the Rising Stars Game. Saturday, you got All-Star Saturday Night from Lucas All Stadium Day in Indiana. You got the Kia Skill Challenge. You got the three-point contest. You got Steph Curry taking on Sabrina and a three-point challenge. I don't know how they're going to do that. I don't know distances. The man can't shoot from the same distance as a female. I don't know if they're going to move the baskets forwards or backwards for her. And he shoots on one and she shoots on another. You also have the slam dunk contest. And then Sunday, you got the Western Conference taking on the Eastern Conference in the 2024 NBA All-Star. Uh, you know what? There's not a lot to really talk about as far as closing the show goes on today because here's the deal. It was Super Bowl weekend. It was about Trump, Taylor Swift. It was about Usher. It was about halftime. It was about commercials. None of the commercials really stood out to me so much. I thought Arnold with his neighbor versus neighbor was all right. I thought the uh, Boston boys for Dunkin' Donuts was all right. I actually liked the stupid big gummy from uh, Nerds Candy. I thought that was all right. Uh, I wasn't so much into the Beyonce Verizon commercial. I mean, it's like none of them really just reached out and grabbed me. And I said, you know what? This is spectacular commercial. It's not like the old days where you would see a commercial at least to me, and say, man, that was that was something else. But the game was good. Oh, and I did want to mention Taylor Swift. There's no problem for me between Travis and Taylor. That's their thing. If the media wants to eat that up, let them eat that up. When they're big couples, transcending couples, they're going to cause media sensations that other people might not cause. Just because they're not the, uh, you know, this ain't Kim and Kanye, this ain't Jay and Beyonce. 
Now, what they do and what they get into, I don't care about as far as their personal life. I, I'm I'm not with that. I don't care who dates who. Am I mad that they show her? Oh, no, I'm not mad. But you know what? She's helping the game. She's putting eyes on the game that maybe people would not have normally watched. She's making those girls who might be cheerleaders and dating some quarterback in high school. They're, they're uh, vicariously living the Taylor life. Uh, their boyfriends, uh, Travis and their Taylor in their local high school or community. So you know what? She's making people feel a certain kind of way. She seems to be clean and She's not bringing any controversy. She's not saying anything nasty or negative. So why would I care? You know what? I don't think this multi-billion dollar business cares because they wouldn't focus on us so much. There's a lot worse that you could do as opposed to uh, having somebody like Taylor Swift be out front and center. You know now? Let's see what what they do. Do they go on and marry and have kids or two months from down the line? Do they just, you know, disperse and they let this thing uh, devolve? I don't know. And I don't really care. But I'm not going to hate on this young lady and I'm not going to hate on Travis and I'm not going to hate on uh, the NFL for putting a camera on her. Sure, there are other people who probably want the camera on them, but you want to know something? When it comes to basketball and Savannah's in the stands, are they going to focus on Miss James more than they would anybody else's wife in that league? Sure they will. That's just the way it goes. Now, this has been Strange Talk with Doc. I do the show every Monday. Uh, I try to be consistent and always have a fresh, brand-new show for you with new ideas and new things to talk about. And next week will be no different. I will be here next Monday. I haven't come up with my uh, tagline or title as of yet. But once again, you are free to always tune in, even go back and look at my library. Maybe I have some titles there that might resonate with you. I always start off each and every show, other than a show like this one, with a point to make. And I make that point and then I make a closing statement back to the first point that I made. Because maybe during the course of the show, Things have popped in my brain that I didn't initially talk about. So feel free to go back through my library. I have a lot of programs up there. I even have clips up there that you can go through. Some are very short, one minute long. I think that's what YouTube allows as far as clips. This way you can hear what I have to say on a multitude of topics because there's nothing that I'm afraid to talk about here. You say, oh, man, that's not a place for you to speak. Yes, it is a place for me to speak. I can have an opinion. I can be wrong. See, that's me. I'm not afraid to be wrong about something. And if you feel that I need to be corrected about something, feel free to do so. But also feel free to share, like, comment, and subscribe. And I'm going to tell you like I tell you each and every time, people, peace to you and peace to yours.